There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Adam Hunter, Andy Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. There you go, we'll be right back. JB will be in today, you yeah, know. But no Alex, no Catherine. They're on the way up north already. What the hell? We'll be right back. Kick things off. Adam Hunter, Rick Bronson's House Comedy. Tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. And a Sunday show as well. Back in seconds with, uh, seconds with Adam Hunter. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly, Blue Book Excellent, whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and Adam Hunter with us today. Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, two shows, two shows tonight, tomorrow night, two shows and a show, 7 o'clock on Sunday as well. 
We've been talking about comedy. We've been talking off the air a lot about wrestling, though, because Cassie goes on this wrestling cruise. When is that? Yeah, I, sometime in toward the end of January. End I want to say like the 20th or around there. It's the uh, Chris Jericho cruise, and it's really neat how they put a wrestling ring on a cruise ship. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It is. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, they're they're starting to get all the lineup for everyone going. I mean, Ric Flair is going to be there, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, obviously Chris Jericho. Um, I think Jake the Snake Roberts is wow. going to make an appearance oh, Jake again. The Snake, he was yeah. my favorite. Maybe DDP. He was. Well, there. DDP might come. You know, he, Diamond yeah. Dallas Page. Of course, he's he was, a good friend, man. He's a really? great. Yeah, he's a great guy. He was I, there at the last cruise. Yeah, it was, it's so fun. DDP was at the last cruise too. Yeah, he oh, was I didn't a, know that. I didn't realize how tall he was. Tom, I have to tell you. Yeah, he's a tall guy. Yeah, yes, he is. he's huge. He is a big fellow. I used to work cruise ships all the time, and like cruises were like the best for those theme cruises. Number one, mm-hmm. like I did. Um, well, Ric Flair I met, actually, because I was on a show on uh, – they used to have these shows on True TV, like 100 Worst Car Crashes. Or right, yeah, and, right. they, and I was one of the commentators, and I went to sign in my, my, my sign-in sheet, and I, I see Ric Flair's right above me. I go, Ric Flair. I go, woo! <laughs> and, then, and then I heard from there the other go. room, cause someone go, woo! Like there he heard me say "woo" and then said "woo" back, He's gotta do the woo back. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, that that was awesome!" But then, like those cruises, like the first cruise I ever did was first. I you know did comedy on cruises was um, Boys to Men was on the cruise. Oh yeah, the Boys to Men, you know the the band, the group. And I didn't. I had no idea. I thought uh, like I'm like I thought every cruise then had like a, a band or something. I didn't realize they were the theme. I'm like this is great. Right. And I walked into um, their question and answer because I was just wandering around the cruise. And I remember them. They were on stage, and someone was like, "So, boys to men, uh, are you guys gonna be you know performing in Texas?" And he's like, uh, uh, "Look around. Uh, obviously, we ain't doing too well." <laughs> like I thought that was like the most honest answer oh, yeah. ever. Oh. But like now they're in Vegas and stuff. And then oh, they good, asked, good. They're, "They're doing great." They're good singers. And amazing. And then, and then I, they asked him, the, like, how many kids do you have? And one guy was like, I got three. And the other guy was like, two. Can we curse on this thing, on this podcast? Yeah, Lawrence Cassie, yeah. And and then, it's also on radio around the state, but you can curse a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we can want. edit. And then the third guy goes, man, I like the fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, like, right, this yeah. is the... I can see that. But it was the, those theme, I was like, I have so many stories. Like, there was one time, uh, my friend was telling me he worked on a cruise, and it was a Richard Simmons cruise. Like, he has his own cruise. Right, yeah, uh, right. And he the said but only, like, field. a third or, like, a fourth of the cruise was for Richard Simmons' cruise. Everyone else was just a regular cruise, and they didn't realize. Oh, I wouldn't like that. They said they were at, having having breakfast, and all of a sudden, like, Richard Simmons just started jumping on the table. <laughs> and, and then all these, like, chubby people stood up and started dancing. And people were like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, what? And, then, like, the people didn't know. Like, oh, the Richard Simmons has the cruise ship. And it was, like, oh, it was, like, the craziest thing they've ever seen in their life. Richard was, is an interesting guy. He, uh... He actually called me one time and asked me to protect him from someone. No way. Now, apparently, he was in town and somebody was bothering the hell. I said, yeah, I, I got it. don't worry about really? it. Really? You took care of it? Yeah. Nice. They just made a suggestion. Yeah. That's all I, uh, I was talking to Adam about the fact that um, back in the day, the AWA, uh, on WDGY radio back in those days, they, we did a, a wrestling show on the weekend, so I would interview all the wrestlers, and then they'd go on and do whatever they did. So, you ever heard of Baron Von Raschke? I think I have heard of the him. The Baron. Yeah. He would come out and do the claw. Oh, yeah. The claw. Wasn't that Killer Kowalski? Wasn't he the, the Killer claw? Kowalski was one of the guys, too. Yeah. Okay. Killer Kowalski was, yeah, he was around here a lot. But, so, they would call in, 
And and when the Baron called in, he goes, "Hey, this is Tom Bernard." I go, "Yes, it is." He goes, "I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's Baron von Raschke." So whenever you want to start the interview, uh, we can just go ahead and get started. And I said, well, here's what I'll do. I'll just introduce you, and then you can go into your deal, right? Yeah. He goes, yeah, okay, that sounds good. So ladies and gentlemen, Baron Bar, Saturday night at the St. Paul out there. We did the oh, whole deal, no right? Way. There was a guy named Nick Bockwinkle who was several-time heavyweight champion of the world for the AWA, right? So he calls and he goes, Tom, this is uh, Nick Bockwinkle. I said, hey, Nick, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. You know, how are you doing? I said, really, really good. I said, tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you, and then you can just go into your deal. And there was a long pause. He goes, I don't have a deal. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Nice. Well, it was phenomenal. That's, I love that. Job. I like that. That's like people say, hey, uh, you want to do your little shtick on stage? And I, I'm like, oh. And your shtick. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do some shtick, Adam? Yeah. I don't see you as a shtick guy. No, no, absolutely it's not. It's not your deal, no. JB just got here. Yes. What are you working for UPS now? <laughs> what Brown can do for you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're just talking about how horrible black people are on cruises. What do you think, JB? In what? On cruises. <laughs> never been to one, so we were You've not saying that. Who, nobody was talking about that. JB is like my youngest brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's but. not. This is not one of those normal shows where people like say either. Like way over the top bad or way over the top good things about any race. Oh, good, says, good. We're all yeah, in this yeah, together. Yeah. If you don't like it, get the hell out. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that whole deal. How does that affect your comedy? Because you go, you must go to some areas that are way over the top, like on the right, and way over the top on the left. And the I think my comedy is offensive to everybody. Not uh, to me. So I think no, you're no, hilarious. No, I'm kidding. Um, I try to. I mean, I don't really get too like I for every. Trump joke I did. I'd make sure I have. I had a Hillary joke as well. Right. You know, I don't. I don't really go one sided. You know, I, I said like, well, you know, Trump wants to, you know, grab girls by the, and Hillary's got her that nobody wants to grab. Well, you know, that's funny. You know, like, you know, people are mad at Trump for not showing his tax returns. Mad at Hillary for deleting emails. If I were Trump, I would just email him my tax returns. You know? She just deleted <laughs> like, them. You're good to go. Boom. So I try to. That's a, those are great jokes. Yeah, because I, I mean they were both very comical people you know i yeah. think that um i think certain now comedy has become so it, the problem is is that comics pick a side yep yeah and they do they pick yeah, a I side agree. and then they get so much love from that fan base mm -hmm. that then they go okay then everything like oh my god i can't believe how much it's so hard to stand out as a comic nowadays right. so when you finally get oh my god i'm getting accepted by these, these people then yeah. they, they go overboard with it to the point where it's yeah, just, they do, and then they live in that bubble, and then they, or or the other bubble. Yeah, That's basically it. Twitter and, for you. Is yeah. you know everyone's got their own little circle of people who will agree with them as long as they don't stray too far from yeah, the faith. That's true. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like the middle comic, I guess. Like, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm like the middle in life. Like, I, yeah. like there are some things. <clears throat> the problem is that I could see I could see both sides to every even like the gun control debate. You know, I could be like, okay, depending on who who you listen to. You know, it's okay. Well, every either people we should have. It's just it's hard. Like, oh, get rid of all the guns. Well, then, then well, you get rid of all the guns, and then that's when the government takes. That's what. That's when, yeah. you know, no, you're regime right. starts. Yeah. You're right. so, so it's it's hard. To, some people they just have a blanket thing, and I I'm not. I try to listen to everybody, and that's when it's actually tough because you're like, well, okay, I can see where both people are coming from. Yeah, well, I, but but you know, at least you're paying attention. They don't even listen. If you no. don't agree with me, I won't even listen to a yeah. word you say. Oh yeah, it's just ridiculous. I, I got to ask you two two quick things about that because I'm pretty much a centrist too. Like I like Democrats and I like Republicans. I do not like the far left or far right. They're no. just too whacked out for me. Yeah. So here's a question I have for you. 
So this Christian group uh, on the on the show Good Omen, right? They sent a petition to Netflix. Twenty thousand, like twenty thousand four hundred people signed it, and they said they sent a group uh, a, 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 a notice to Netflix saying you better cancel Good Omens, or there's going to be you know a lot of trouble. You need to cancel this. They didn't like it because the, the voice of God is a woman, which like who gives a rat's right? Of course, who would possibly care about that? And then there was some other thing. I, they they just don't like. Well, there's Satan because there's a Satan character, and they didn't like that either. Problem with it is Netflix doesn't run that series. That's on Amazon. Oh my God! So twenty thousand <laughs> four hundred people didn't notice that they were sending it to the wrong. Uh, I'm not surprised. I no, mean, I'm not either. Yeah, I'm I'm not, not. it's just nothing really surprises me anymore. You know, it's just. Uh, I agree. It's, it's it's a whole mob mentality. It's people just like being included in some kind of a group, right? And they go, "Oh, let's go after this person, after that person, that person," and before you know it, it's it's it's, it's crazy. It, it is absolutely insane. There's another guy who said uh, it's a bishop in the cat. I grew up Catholic, right? I'm not a very religious guy, but I like the whole Catholic culture deal. You know, it's good. Uh, people don't realize that being Catholic is a lot like being Jewish because you know you you do everything with everybody else, but you have your own kind of like deal. Right. So that's what kind of being Catholic is like. But there's a Catholic uh, bishop, an archbishop, who decided that he was going to punish a school because they didn't fire a gay teacher. Okay? So so he's going to shut them down. And my question to that is, okay, let's say God, Let's we'll just say God. We won't say a man or a woman, he or she, it's just God, right? If God really didn't like other people to have sex, like the same gender having sex with another, why didn't he or she make it impossible? Of course. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous point. He would have made it, or she would have made it, impossible to have sex with somebody of the same gender. I don't think many people agree with that guy. And even if they, no, even, even if they, they agree with either. that guy in theory, they don't agree with shutting a school down. And the other, you know. Now, on the other side, on the far left, we have people, you know, talking about climate all the time. And, of course, we all want to live very clean lives, right? It's <clears> just good for everybody, right? But they go on and on about global warming, global warming, and all of it, or climate change is what we call it now. But these are the same people that allow people all around the United States to throw their garbage in the street and take a dump on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they take private jets to their climate. Right. Well, know, there is that. You know. My favorite was I heard, I heard from a friend. He calls me. And he says, my God. I just, he, he, he works out in Los Angeles. He said that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's a big, you know, Mr. Climate Change and we need to clean things up. So he got in his, uh, in his limousine to drive to the airport to get on his private jet mm-hmm. to fly to his yacht. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, I love that so much. Well, yeah. Most of those people don't actually believe anything. No. They don't yeah. think that the climate's like a problem. They think that if they say it, They'll get money somehow, and yeah. they're right. Or they have a publicist that says, "Hey, here's, yeah, here's exactly. some good charities yeah. that we could, you know, yeah. make us look good for things." And it's like, come it's on, it's all publicity. Well, the the oddest thing that I live almost every day is college students who claim to be woke and this, that, and the other, right. and they are the worst recyclers. Yeah. Well, of course, ever. Absolutely. <laughs> You're they don't recycle right. anything. It's hilarious. They throw, and they don't try to fix anything or repair no, anything. No, they just, no one fixes anything. They just throw yeah. it all away. The only thing woke is their parents when they're calling them up at night to <laughs> right. ask them to <laughs> pay their rent. Right. You know? Or give yeah. them some more of this or some more of that. Yeah. Oh, God, it's wonderful. 
So you don't really have any problem with the political climate. You just kind of work work. I mean, ways. it's hard because the hard part is that people ruin everything. Yes, you know, it's like yeah, Twitter do. used to be a great place to try <clears throat> out jokes. Yep. I'm like, oh great, we have a tw- I have a 24 hour focus room. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like I come right. up with, and the problem with writing jokes is that for every 10 jokes you write, maybe three will work. Uh-huh. I mean, you really got it. You really got to. And if you're batting 300, you're a great comic. But right. I mean, that yeah, I mean, seven of them won't work, right? With seven of them are, but yeah. you can't put them out there because of those seven that don't work, people are gonna get offended. And and the problem with be, them getting offended is they they screenshot your thing. So when you yeah. finally get some work or you get like on a job, like on a Fox or NBC, or the, then all of a sudden they go, hey, you know, this person said this about women and it's misogynistic and he should get fired. And it's never so, in context either. Never in context. And Which is a, very important on Twitter and in jokes, of course. I mean, I, I used to, I was hired by the UFC to write jokes, right? And they hired me to make MMA Roasted. They were paying me a salary to make these videos. So I was, everything MMA I was writing like 10 jokes a day about. It just so happened there was a guy uh, uh, who was a transgender fighter who became a woman that was fighting other women. And the first couple oh, fights, yeah. first couple fights, yeah. he didn't, she didn't disclose it used to be, uh, which oh. I guess it wasn't on the questionnaire, but like, well, I guess. A lot of testosterone there, man, still. And, he, and she, he served, or she served in the army as a man. Like so, it wasn't until like later in life that, uh, oh. so it wasn't like it was like from like at the age three or something. Right, right, right. So I was writing like silly jokes, you know, nothing that I was like, you know, there was a sh- there was a move called like the calf slicer, and hers was the whatever slicer, you know, yada yada. And this, and all of a sudden, I started getting like heavily attacked, like you're transphobic, and you're, oh, and Fox God. Sports should fire this person, and and like. They was like they made it seem like those were all the jokes I was writing. I was writing like right. ten thousand jokes. Like four were about this person. I wasn't even picking a side. I, I didn't even care. say it was Jesus. like ethically wrong or anything. <laughs> Nothing. I wasn't even. I didn't even care to like make right. a moral right. judgment on it. Yeah. It was just like what joke I could make about it. And I, I almost lost my job. And that kind of this was like you know seven, six, seven years ago. But that really kind of. Opened my eyes to like the lynch mob that was taking oh, place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of all of a sudden, like let's get this person, let's get this person, and you're like, whoa. That's all they want is to destroy someone, to so they can feel like they're like the hero who conquered the, the you know, evil the evil. Doer. Yeah. It's destroy. crazy because you know I consider myself like leaning to the left, but then you, there's like this pro censorship movement of people that go, oh, this is this right. is hate speech. Yeah, that's not and good. And the problem with stand up comedy is. Stand-up comedy has a vi- there's a victim to every joke. There's always yeah. usually I mean almost all the time. Almost always. So now all of a sudden there's like this fine line between like oh you're making fun of this person, but you're but it's also hate speech. So oh like you God. take like a a Married with Children, which was my favorite sitcom back in right, the day. Right. And how yeah. many how many fat jokes did Al Bundy make <laughs> when he was constant when he was at the shoe store? I mean everything mm-hmm. was like holy cow or like you know it was like <laughs> you was know funny. Uh, do you have a size you know, like what whatever he made I and mean, there's like a compilation of Al Bundy fat jokes on YouTube and, and you, you could be up all night, but now. Oh, None God. of those jokes oh, would get by. No. It would, so you're fat shaming, you're this shaming, you're that, and you're just like, ah. Oh. So it's like, why are we taking the fun out, out of out of life? Out of life, and it's not yeah. just like only fat people to be made fun of, but it's everyone to be no. made fun of. Exactly. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. I have an example I want to bring up to you about exactly what you're talking about. Just a couple minutes back with Adam Hunter. Right after this. 
family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Uh, Why are you playing this? I love this song. (laughs) I love this song. Kind of in a rock mood today. Kind of metallic-y later. I'm wearing the Hendrix shirt. Jimmy, the best of all time. Um, We were talking about how uh, some people have no sense of humor and you can't make fun of anything and you can only do this, you can only do that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Of course, some people who've never thought uh, a funny thought in their lives don't know how to do comedy. And one of the examples, you were talking about, uh, you know, Blazing Saddles or going after Mel Brooks because it's racist, which it's not because Richard Pryor rewrote the entire damn movie. (laughs) And they cut the best line out of the movie anyway. Did you ever hear about this? No. When uh, Lily Von Stupp, is with Cleavon uh, Little, uh, and it's all dark. They turn the lights out. <laughs> and she goes, is it true what they say about you people? And they hear the zipper go down. And then she goes, oh, it's true, it's true. And Cleavon Little goes, ma'am, you're sucking on my pistol. <laughs> <laughs> but they cut it out of the movie. It's really? a great That's joke, a, right? It's a great joke. So what you're talking about with Blazing Saddles, I think you're right. There's no way they they'll they release that movie nowadays, even though Richard Pryor co I mean, not only co-wrote it, he kind of rewrote it after Mel Brooks brought him in. Mm-hmm. But uh, you brought him up, you brought Boys to Men up earlier. Yeah. And Joan Rivers, who I adored, I used to talk to her at least once a month. She'd come on the show. She just, I loved her, right? Her act would not go over today. There's no way. Because she came she came out on stage one time when Boys to Men, you know, was pretty hot. She comes comes out on stage and says, you know, there's this thing that's kind of, it's kind of upsetting. It really is to me because, uh, you know, I was talking to Michael Jackson and he thinks Boys to Men is a delivery service. Right? 
was like, oh my god. Yeah, she was so funny. She was unbelievable. But there's no way she could tell that joke. She she got in trouble. I remember for like, I remember <laughs> like when the, those kids that were kidnapped in Ohio. And she went on like The View, and she was like, oh, yeah. "What are they complaining about? They had free rent." <laughs> like, it just, <laughs> it's funny. She's so funny, and that's the thing. That now all of a sudden, people appoint themselves like there's rules to comedy. They go, "Well, you can't punch down." Like, what does that mean? Yeah, well, yeah, if you're down, a straight white yeah. male, you can't make fun of black people or gay people or anybody that was ever oppressed. And you're like, first of all, yeah, it's like who decides who's down and who's up is yeah. the problem. Yeah, and why are you speaking for all people? No one, yeah. no one appointed you. Well. The, it's that that whole thing of every time something happened in a black community, Al Sharpton was the spokesperson. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. how the heck has he become the spokesperson for every black person in this country? Yeah, it's, of course. And I wouldn't have him speak for me to, you know, to save my life. Oh, yeah, no, it's just, it's ridiculous. And the fact that you're saying, right, like you said, like all of a sudden, oh, well, there, no, no one appointed you, and, and, and there are no rules to this stuff. And it's just, it's just be funny. That's the only rule is to be funny. Right. It's almost like, uh, like I was in Saudi Arabia where, you know, women couldn't drive. And they're mm-hmm. covered head to toe, and you and when you walk around, you have to be really careful that you don't offend anybody, the the Koran, uh, and they have the yep. religious police walking around right, right. to make sure that you don't offend people or say any kind of hate speech. And it's like, is this where we're heading towards? Mm-hmm. Where yeah, like, if you, say, I mean, is this what, what we want? We want to take our freedoms away? It's like freedom of speech is our most fundamental right, and people are like, oh well, we don't want to get upset. We don't want to hear the truth. We we would just rather you know not be yeah. offended and laugh and it, it's crazy. Well, that's that all goes in line with not teaching history, whitewashing history. Why did it have to be whitewashed? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> See, I'm going but, after. I'm punching up. <laughs> but I mean, all all of that stuff um, on uh, comics and cars getting coffee. Uh, Steve Harvey was on there with. Um, Jerry I they had comedians on. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Great to be here again. <laughs> he um, he said to Jerry, "You got to remember one thing, Jerry. When something bad happens, we already have the jokes. Yeah, yeah. We just can't tell them right now. Well, there is that. That's absolutely true. And you know." I don't know that I've ever heard Steve Harvey tell a joke. He, he was funny back in the day when he well, was right. on, when he was on King, Kings, Kings of Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. Right. Back he when was, he had to try and not just like rake in five million dollars for showing up on TV for two minutes. He yeah. had a bit about Ray Carruth. Oh, he did. Oh, it was it's hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah, he talks about how because you know they found Ray Carruth in a car trunk. Right. Right. And he said if he was one of the cops, he said once they pulled the car over, he goes, "You better not be in there, Ray." Ray, you better not be in there. Come on, Ray, Ray. Please tell me you're not Ray, in the truck. Hey, Ray, Ray. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Yeah, even like when he used to host the Apollo, he was pretty funny. When right. If someone was like really bad, he would just kind of clown him. Yeah. And, and then something, I don't know what happened. I feel like he's like a, a clone. They, 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 like, <laughs> yeah, they got the real guy. They took away the away. real Steve Harvey well, they, and replaced exactly. him. Exactly. They did the, it's, uh, it's on Netflix. They did 25 year introspective of. Um, Oh man, the black um, King's comedy? No, uh, Red Fox. Oh, Def Jam. Def Jam. Oh, yeah. thank Def you. Jam. And um, he was talking about things, and and they were all swearing and whatnot. And he stood there and he went, "I'm not swearing." 
I got too many shows to be swearing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there you there go. Is he was, that, he, was yeah. he was making fun of himself, but he right. you know, but he was letting them know that he wasn't going to swear because the more contracts you sign, the less you can do. And he's right. got a lot of contracts going. Look that at Bob Saget. Sure. I mean, he was he's like the dirtiest comic yeah. I've ever <laughs> seen. That's really interesting, is because today, if he was you know like America's uncle, and then also went on stage and said the things he used to say. He would be fired from his job in no time. Yeah, but back true. then, people didn't, they either didn't make the connection or they just didn't care. Well, cameras, cameras are like killing comedy. Cameras right. and recording. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone's yeah. got a cell phone now and they can record everything. Yeah. I just, I was trying to think while you guys were talking if any joke somebody told was offensive to me, and I don't, I can't think of one ex- example. That I'd be offended by a joke. No, well, I mean, like, no. I can see being offended, but I could, I wouldn't say, like, okay, it's time to destroy your career. No. Right. I would it's just be like, like, you know. It's not funny to me. I yeah. never even, but, like, even when I get terrible service, I don't, I never, like, I give every Uber driver five stars. Yeah. I give oh, every yeah. delivery person five stars. I, it doesn't matter to me. Even if it was the worst Uber ride of my life, I would give right. them five stars. I just don't, I know how hard it is to, like, have those jobs, those kind yeah. of, and like whatever, it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. It does not. What is it going to do? Like, like these Yelp reviews. The problem with Yelp oh, is God, like, oh god, yeah, people swarm to Yelp and yeah. get, bomb them with one star, even though they've never been there. It's and like, nobody has ever like write a positive Yelp review because people that have yeah, have yeah. lives. No, but I never like saw something good. I got to write a good Yelp review mm-hmm. about this. Unless someone asked me to write a Yelp review about this stupid thing, and I'm like, oh, all right, I'll write a good. And then I, then I, I obnoxiously write it. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. It was good but, until people realized that they could use it as a weapon. Yeah. That's true. Which is basically the same thing for anything. Once something's weaponized, social media has been weaponized, and it's basically unusable now. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it truly is. We should get rid of it. So I see now that uh, other laptops are exploding in people's faces, too. I think digital is the laptops. most overrated gut. Yeah, laptops. Why is laptop battery. in their face? The battery's blowing up. Yeah. Wow. What, what laptop? Um, That'd be cool if you could put a virus. I think Apple, I think, is recalling them. I, I would like send people explosives. Like if, if I knew no, you a bad review, here would, you should. This, this is yours. Constantly no. be like emailing them, like exploding. <laughs> that would be great. Somebody invent that, please. So yeah, I, it's. Uh, you actually used to be able to do that with printers back in like the seventies. You could really? give them to somebody. You, you could make them set on fire. Wow. Yeah. That'd be amazing. You could what make make what set on fire? Printers. Because oh, I they were, oh, I suppose, yeah, that's true. They had to print really fast, but the technology wasn't quite there yet. So mm-hmm. they used like a red hot like filament to do it, Ooh, and you know, plus not paper, not a good thing. Did you find the Apple thing? Uh, yeah, the MacBook Pro. Yeah, that's what it is. MacBook Pro. adds to its laptop problem. So apparently, the new uh, yeah, MacBook Pro is not doing so hot. Well, other than the fact it blows up in your face. You know, <laughs> yeah. That, other than that. I said, well, what were those the things Batteries could catch fire. Yes, exactly. So I guess those oh. are probably not allowed on planes? I would guess that would be a good idea. This is for its 2015 MacBook Pro. Oh, it's all, are you going back a few years? No, I mean, they just recalled it four years later. later. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I, I like when every time the, the new iPhone updates, mine stops working. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. been the running exactly. joke with Apple for, like, what, oh, a decade? Yeah, they're, I, they're trying to get you to move to the next one, and then everybody complains, and then they finally yep. send out the updates. It's unbelievable. Right. To take care of those your old phone. I mean, imagine like your car did that all of a sudden. I know. Like, right. The new car, all of a sudden, your starts crashing. I mean, It'll happen. You think so? It's, it's coming, yeah. The way cars have so much computer, like they have miles and miles of wiring. They've got 
dedicated computer systems for everything. Your brakes have a computer. Your windows have a computer. All it takes is one of those computers to mess up somehow, and your car's not going to work. Wow. Yeah. Other than that, though, we should have Doug talk well. about it. Yeah, he's uh, yeah car selling secrets. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Doug talking about it. It's, yeah, that'd be. That'd I feel be like you're the guy that like every villain movie that they call, <laughs> who's like, who's like behind the computer, the computer guy. Yeah, the computer guy that like somehow at the very end, like Van Damme or someone comes in and beats you up or something. Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clark the password for this computer is knockers. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, is yeah. Your, who's who's this? Your daughter? No. No. Oh. Who is this? I'm just someone. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I came in and she was. <laughs> yeah. Here. I just imposed myself. No, I was a. I've been a listener of Tom's for many years, and then I had the opportunity to work for him. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, no her husband and I have become really good friends. Yeah. Huh. Nice guy. He he does. What does he do? Fifteen thousand TV yeah. shows. My God, he's constantly on radio he's, or television. Yeah, she's married have... to Steve Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, my my husband um, hosts. Uh, a couple of radio shows, but he's also, um, his TV show is going to be coming out this fall. We can't talk about it yet. In but... Everywhere or just Minnesota? Well, he, he's got a podcast. He, well, he's, he's got a podcast, a radio show, and another podcast. And uh, another TV show is going to be on a, on a network. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. Nice. Uh, I, I, everyone, my, I went to a doctor the other day. I, went to the, I got a shot, and he's like, I have a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> Sounds I'm about not, right. I'm not yeah. kidding. I'm I like, know. why does my doctor have a podcast? <laughs> I know, it's phenomenal. Well, my husband, It's uh, like Dave... pulling teeth into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Dave Sherry, he started on terrestrial radio, and then he moved over to podcasts. He had a radio show here in the Twin Cities, and then it's moved over, and then he also does a digital radio show. Wow. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. There was a homeless guy outside. I was like, "Hey, do my podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Sure." Everybody yeah. has a podcast yeah. now. Everybody yeah, does. Sure do. Yeah. Well, well, she was listening to my show. I listened to her husband's show at night. Um, so I was like a fan of his show. She was a fan of my show, and it, it just kind of worked out. I've been yeah. listening to Tom since I was in eighth grade. Oh wow! Well, that was three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I know you look very young. Yeah, I wish. Okay, we got to do the guess. Oh, yeah, guess we, how old I am. People, and how many kids she has. You got to guess that. Oh, do you have kids, too? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Are you like on Teen Mom or something? <laughs> no. 16 uh, and pregnant. How yeah. old are you? You're 26. Up. 28? Up. 47. <laughs> uh, you're I like the 32? Jump. Up. Wow. 35? Up. What are you, Benjamin Buttons? Right? <laughs> 37? I'm 37. Wow. You don't look 37. Yeah. Now, how many kids does she have? Uh, well, you don't have one because you look a little too angry for that. Uh, <laughs> but too angry. You don't have, but you don't have three because you look like you rested, so I would say two. More. Three? A lot more, more than that. What, you're Mexican, too? <laughs> <laughs> Some people would freak out about that. Not joke. Mexicans. They'd be like, only three? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not really Mexican. Uh, are you I don't four? know. Four? More. Really? Well, well, I have three biological ones. What is it, like a zipper down there? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Just popping God. them out. Wow. <laughs> no, my husband and I were a blended family. Together we have 11 children. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You're like... It goes, oh, my dude, God. Like, Octomom's like, dude, you have too many kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have 11 kids? kids? I just look at her and go, bitch, please. So you had yeah. four, you had three of your own? He had eight of his own? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he has adult children, though, So, but we have six school-age kids in the home. Wow, mm-hmm. that's uh, well, damn eight kids. <laughs> well, he must have like uh, he must have 
Ridiculous sperm. <laughs> yes, he does. Ridiculous sperm. That'd be a good podcast. Ridiculous yeah, yeah. sperm. Wow, he, podcast. Is he like a superhero? Like, <laughs> he's got super sperm. The girl's getting like pregnant via dick pic. That's, I know, uh, that's I, like, crazy. I tell him not to look at me a certain way because otherwise I'll get pregnant. Eleven kids. Wow, that's why he has like nineteen shows. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly why. Um, was it uh, with the Groucho Marx thing? Was was that eleven children that woman had too? I can't remember, but yeah, I think it was the eleven. Cigar. The cigar thing, I take yeah. Take it out of my no. mouth once you know, in a while. On, on, you bet your life with Groucho <laughs> Marx. He goes, "How many children do you have?" She goes, "I have eleven children." And he goes, "You know, I like my cigar too, but I take it out of my mouth once in a while." That's a great joke. <laughs> it is a great joke. That's hilarious. See, that's one thing I will, I will tell you. I've been a fan of of stand up comedians and stand up in general. Since I was seven years old, wow. I just, I, you know, I think it's we got our very first television when I was seven, and I tuned in and went, man, like Alan King, uh, you yeah. might not even know who that I is. Know, of course I know Alan oh, King. Yeah. Okay, I mean, he would come out, George Carlin would come out with short hair, dressed in a suit on mm-hmm. the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. Richard Pryor, too. Richard Pryor, too, came out, yeah. Did... Dangerfield's my favorite, though. Oh, my, my God. my favorite. Oh, God, was he good. Rodney, and even on talk shows, when he wouldn't even pretend to listen to the question, no. and he would just go on a rant for, like, 13 <laughs> minutes, like, hey, so here you go, let me tell you, and then it just, it would take over, because that's... The, the funniest thing. I like. Let's not pretend he, this is an actual conversation. Let's just like right. he was the best. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna he take a break. Best. Come right back. I want to talk about Rodney a lot because I'm the same boat, man. I thought he was unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, so underrated too. He's never in the conversation of like top five, and he should be. Not right? anymore. Yeah, he should be. We'll be right back. More with Adam Hunter, Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, and a Sunday show as well. Right back. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. So just to clarify, I was talking about Ronald Wayne, one of the co-founders of Apple. Uh, He was one of the three who started it, and he had a 10% stake uh, back in 19-whatever it was. Still a lot of money. 
Uh, yes, still a lot of money back then, but he sold it back to them for eight hundred dollars. Current worth ninety five billion. Wow, <laughs> that might literally be the worst deal anyone has ever for made in history. Dollars. What's yep. the update on him now? Uh, he's an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. He was the homeless guy. He was a podcast. Yeah, exactly. That was the guy. <laughs> the homeless guy with the podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Um, apparently he's just kind of keeping on. He's still alive. He's 85. You, honestly, God, wouldn't you, if you were one of the two other partners, go, you know what, Ronald? Right. This, uh, yeah, for this real. This is not right. Here's $10 million. I mean... I know ten million. Of, you're set for you're set for like three generations, yeah, and to them, it's like, nothing. It's worth how many hundreds of billions of dollars? Sold it's it ninety five hundred dollars. Sold it for eight hundred dollars. <laughs> and he invented the computer. The Apple. He was one of the or like one he, he co founded Apple with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Yeah. What do you say to a guy like that? I'm, like. Wouldn't you go back to him and say, "Here, here's ten million dollars. Live a happy life." He's but a, he started I, banana. I have a feeling Steve Jobs didn't do a whole lot of like you know feeling pity for others. Right? No, he's a prick. And Wozniak, <laughs> I don't really know anything about. But. Wozniak's actually a pretty good guy. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Oh, uh, Steve O. Yeah, Steve O. Steve O was telling a story about, but he uh, he was going. On, I don't know. He got called on some trip or whatever. And he was with Wozniak, and he said, "Oh God, I got to go buy a computer." And Wozniak goes, "What?" He goes, "I got to go buy a computer." He goes. Do you know what I do? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. So he explains. He goes, I'll take you over there. Right? So instead of giving him a laptop to take along with him, he gave him a discount. And when he walked up to the cashier, uh, Steve Wozniak says, um, would you please put this on my account? And the cashier said, well, do you have an account with us, sir? He goes, Yes, I do. I'm Steve Wozniak. She goes, okay, how do you spell that? Wow. <laughs> how do you spell Wozniak? And then she said, do you happen to know your member number? And he goes, yes, one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, that's a true story. Wow. Steve O told that. Last time he was in, he told that story. What's your number? One. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how did you? Well, I'm fired. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you looking man. No, I mean, that's, well, yeah. It's what? great. Yeah. Wozniak. Actually made fun of himself. He was on. He did, yeah. He was on yep, uh, he Big Bang Theory a couple oh, was of times. He? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Stephen Hawking, huh. the whole shooting match. Yeah. So Who were we just talking about? Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Yes. Yeah, right. he was my favorite. So I got to start by him. So, Fraser Smith told me, you know, Fraser. Yeah. Uh, yep. So he was telling me. Towards the end of Dangerfield's life, he was going to the open mics and trying out jokes, and he could barely walk. He had like a, he had to have an escort to the stage. He got up and he was going like I don't know one mile an hour, and it was just really kind of sad. And it was like, right. but that weekend, Frazier was headlining in Vegas, or he was in Vegas, and he knew Dangerfield was next door. And he's like, I got this. This is going to be a disaster. Right. Like, how bad is this going to be? Right. I, I wonder what's going. Then he was rooting from the fail, but he's like, what's going to happen? So he goes next door. They announced Rodney. He comes out with a suit, like, hey, let me tell you. Just and it was it. just, yeah, he murdered it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. One of my just, favorite Rodney stories, you know Jeff Cesario? Yes. Jeff and I are old friends. I mean, he's, well, he's from Wisconsin. He's been around a long time. He comes in, he tells a story that he's, he's uh, in New York with uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And they're walking down the street by Dangerfields. And here comes Rodney the other way. Right? So Jerry Seinfeld says, Rodney, I want to introduce you to a new comedian in town. He's a great guy from the Midwest. His name is Jeff Cesario. And Rodney Dangerfield goes, 
Cesario, huh? Stick to the tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be an acrobat. You're Italian. Yeah, that's so I, But that's funny. how funny that guy was. Yeah, he was like... He would show up in like a bathrobe with like oh, yeah. Yeah. to the comedy club in a limo with like three women smoking a joint. He just had the he was he had a life. He had that that fun uncle vibe. To he him. did, like, yeah. yeah, that's he, true. He's like you can't wait for Rod, Uncle Rodney to come over for Christmas dinner. I agree. And he had some of the best jokes I've ever heard. Andy, what was the, the episode where Joan was on? Do you know? Do you happen to know the number? Uh, I can look it up. Don't, after Rodney died, Joan would come on the show once in a while. His wife would come on the show once in a while. And she calls one day. She goes, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to send you guys something. I said, yeah, what's that? She goes, I was going through Rodney's uh, suits and sport coats, and I found a bunch of jokes in one of the pockets that he never used. Oh, my God. I said, oh, my God. And she goes, well, I'll just send them to you. I said, no, no, why don't you come on and tell them? And so she did. She came on the oh, show really? and told the jokes, Rodney Dangerfield jokes. She was hilarious. Uh, he... That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that he, whole story. Jackie Roy was his, his first name in comedy. That was number 296. 296. If you get a chance, yeah, uh, episode 296, it, she was phenomenal. And he was so good to young comics. Like, yeah, he, that's all what the, I heard. the Dangerfield comedian specials that broke all those comics. They broke Dice and Hicks and the, all this one. It, it was like he could have easily been about him, and it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Like He was funny. But but he let the others shine, you know, and he really wanted them to to shine. Even even Kinnison, he loved Kinnison. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kinnison and Back to School was like that was one of the funniest things I've ever oh, seen. I know. The, what did he say? The <laughs> Vietnamese, the Viet Cong. Were gonna, he settled down. Yeah, yeah. Say it. Say it. That was a sad story that I was actually talking to God when he was dying. Did you know that? Well, Same I think. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, or some, he's Who talking knows? to somebody. Well, after the car accident, apparently he was walking down the side of the road, or he was laying in the road, in the ditch or whatever, and he was talking to somebody going, well, yeah, but I don't want to. Well, I know you think it's a good thing, but I don't want to die. Yeah. It's like, oh, and man. And then he's like, and then he said something like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, he's went, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, that's he went way too, way too soon. He's a good guy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was making a comeback too. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he, you know, he. There was a guy that really didn't handle fame as well as he could have. No, you know? he didn't. I don't think a lot of the comedians did back in the early, to yeah, eighties. No, I mean, with true. the drugs and, I mean, you had Belushi, you had Kinnison. I mean, they were all hooked on cocaine and. I mean, well, I Farley think it, died of drugs too. Yep. I know. God, it's so sad. Well, Farley, I'm pretty sure did it on purpose to emulate Belushi because he died of the same thing at the same age. I know. So that is true. It's a God, he was big funny, coincidence though. to, you know. So how, how do you deal? Because you're not a big drug guy. No, I mean it's hard. You know, it's easier now that I'm married with a baby. The hardest thing is being oh, away from right. the baby. But... Your baby's cute, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank Violet. you very much. Thank you. The hard, the hardest part was like, you know, when you're not making a lot of money, which you're not. You know, those guys were probably making a lot more than I was making. But when you're not making a lot of money, and then you go to some town. And you're just like the hero of the town, mm-hmm. and you're just feeling great about your life for like an hour and a half or an hour you're on stage. And you're like the <laughs> king, an hour and, a half, and you know you're the king for 45 minutes of that night, whatever it is. And then you you get off stage, and then you go back to the Motel Six or wherever you're staying at, and you just you just you can't go to sleep because you're high from the show, 
and you uh, drink a right. Red Bull or two, and then right. you just put on TV or the internet, and you see all of these comics doing better than you, and but you know they're not as funny. And in like your mind, you know, you're like, oh wait, wait, that, that guy can follow me here, but now he's on this right. show or that show or that. And you're looking on Facebook, and you're saying, oh, this guy just, oh, just murdered it here, or just killed, got a nine developed mm-hmm. movie deal, and you're like, fuck. And then you, you know you just paid you just played you know Jim's Crab Shack yeah, whatever, true. so then you're like well how do I stay up you know how do I keep this this feeling right you know and it, some people it, it was it's girls you know and you're like yeah, okay I'll, I'll I'll go on Tinder or Bumble and get a girl from the crowd or a girl that came to the show and some people it's drugs or alcohol and that's that's the hard part is not is being okay with the downtime. You know, because that's really the hardest part is is the downtime that you're not on stage, oh, I bet. especially yeah, when you had that quick that quick rush, you know that that quick energy, that quick like yay, you know. So now mm-hmm. I mean, just, I just I don't know, I just masturbate and go to bed or something. But, there you just, go. But, for the inside info. On but that. uh, that's good. but that's 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 the thing. It's just you know, that's that's the hard the hardest part is to, is to deal with the the lows, uh-huh. especially when. You know, the thing about comedy also is that you're not really, it's not a very healthy lifestyle. You're also like writing jokes for people. You know, you have to write new shit. You don't want to do the same stuff. And you don't want people to be like, oh, I heard that, I heard that. Now with the internet, it's so much easier for people to see your stuff. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. know, but if you're not putting content out, then, then people think you're not doing well. Or if people haven't heard of you, they think you're a failure. You yeah. know, which is a lot of times people are like, oh, how come you're not on this show? Or, or why don't you go on the Joe Rogan podcast? Or why don't you do that? People, everyone wants to give you advice on how they make it, how they, how they think you should make it. Yep. Because they heard a podcast mm-hmm. once in their life and now yeah. they're an expert on stand-up comedy, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, they so, are. Uh, yeah, they are. You know, it's, just, so it's, it's, it's filtering all that out uh-huh. and not being around and not listening to people. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's really kind of like listening to the right people. Yeah. Um. So that's that's hard, you know. That it is it is hard. Yeah. But you, you you did explain something though that I never thought about. You were saying the downtimes that they have. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's why they all have podcasts now because they have to do something with that no downtime. downtime ever. <laughs> well, that also, but also because clubs are be like, okay, it's really all about butts and seats. Like, right. like being yeah, funny is right. really important, but if you have a guy who's like a level ten funny. Uh, who doesn't really draw that well, and you have a guy that like a level six funny who sells out, the club's gonna go for level six every yep. time. Yeah, um, right. And that's true. that sucks because and a lot of times a level six guy's got a good podcast or mm-hmm. he's really funny on social media or Instagram or he's got a lot of followers or that. But he's not or he's like a, a Vine star or right, whatever right. you know. But it's not about um, it's being funny is important. You you can't like suck. You don't right. have people running for the for the doors, but it, it's really asses and seats that's like really important. Gotta, they got to make their money to keep the doors open, and uh, you know that's one of the things about coming uh, to Minnesota. And actually, the fact that the weather's a little cool is good for you because a Minnesota cool. Well, I mean, for June twenty first, <laughs> it's really cool. Oh, but, yeah, you mean now? Okay, first day say. of summer. But yeah, I mean. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, first day of summer is today, right? Well, look so at that. a lot of people, when they go from that, I, I, the winter here was brutal. I mean, it was brutal this year. So 
they finally get some good weather, and then comedians come to town and nobody shows up. Yeah. And it's not because they don't think the guy's funny or the woman's funny. It's just, I want to be outside. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, last week I was in Calgary, and it was like, I was there Wednesday night. It was game seven of the oh, yeah. hockey, which is oh, like yeah. there. And then and then Thursday night was the Toronto one for the first time ever. Right. So That's I right. was like, damn. You couldn't catch a break. You no, know, I couldn't Canadian. catch a break. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. What a yeah. hell of a story uh, right there. I, there so many times that happens. I mean, there, I mean, there were times that like you go to a, do a bar show and they're putting on it's the Lakers and it's game seven and it's an overtime and they turn off the TV and they're like time for the comedy show and everyone's fuming yep. furious and then you're like hey guys where are you from people booing or you oh, know, getting nice. so angry or throwing things you know that's when you just sit with the mic and have the game going and just do your own funny commentary uh, kind of I mean I've, <laughs> I'm like I'm like the king of like the worst gigs ever <laughs> you know if you look up comedian attacked at wedding that was like I got Attacked at a wedding one time because uh, they hired me to, to to roast everybody, pretend I was a guy marrying them, oh. and then but they didn't give me any. So I, I was like, oh, I started making fun of a guy. He got up and pushed me. And I like, remember that. Yeah, oh my well, God. That, they showed that on what TV? It sounded like a hundred show, like America's World's Worst World's Wedding or this wedding or <laughs> yeah. wedding's gone bad. That guy got really pissed off. Yeah, yeah, it was no. hilarious. But yeah, I'm not so many of those. But those are like to me the the fun gigs. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I had a TV show that I sold twice already based on that where I just put comics in the worst possible scenarios they can like like they tell th- these guys are getting a, a hot stripper for their bachelor party and they get like a flaming gay comic <laughs> and then it's like go you know like, so like yeah. go. <laughs> that would be a funny show yeah so, so you you said you brought you presented it twice I sold the show oh, to it. Okay. I sold it to a, a company called Fuel it was like the surfing network and I had a job at Fuel for a while. So I pitched that show, and they they bought it. We shot a pilot, and then the company went under. The whole the, the Fuel became Fox Sports too. Mm. So then I had to wait like a year to get it back. So then I sold it to Esquire. Esquire was like G Four was a network, and then G Four became Esquire. Right, right. And, and I changed it, made a different version of it, and yada yada yada. Sold to Esquire, shot a pilot. Greg Fitzsimmons was the writer, and it was me, and it was Bonnie McFarlane and uh, Elon Gold, and then that company went under too, uh, Esquire. So now I now I have the show back. So True so, TV, that seems like it'd be perfect they, for they True TV. They passed on it six times. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, True TV has got really, really bad. Impractical jokes. I know that's what I, oh, I, I keep saying. That. It's a companion show to that, but they're like, no, I, I try. I've, I've pitched it as seven different names to True <laughs> TV, and they're like, we saw this, we saw this. It's just. You know, it's okay. I, I know the show's hilarious, and mm-hmm. I have lots of footage, and it gets like millions of hits on YouTube. Some of the footage that I put up, so it's only a matter of time before somebody picks it up. Right. Right. It's just like Kevin Hart liked it, and it was going to be on the LOL network, and then that kind of didn't happen, and then they went under, sort of, not really. They had to re, <laughs> they, they, they revamped yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. So now I have it like, oh, this network likes it, and it's just so I'm just like pitch, I'm pitching that and pitching this other show where I drive around in a truck. It's called So You Think You're a Tough Guy. There's an octagon in the back of the truck, and you can sign up to fight the fighter. I would love to watch. So, <laughs> I think Telemundo likes that show. Telemundo. Uh, I'm not kidding. Of course they would. Yeah, Luchador is getting him on there. I'm not kidding. And then I have another show that I shot, like where, I, like a pilot that I shot, so I'm pitching that. and like It's just the key is to have like 
it's it's hard. It's like you're just juggling, you know, right. like yeah. you're just juggling yeah. shows and then other stuff in the meantime, making money while you're funding these projects, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like I'm 20 something years into the, just my career, and then I know when I finally like hit big, and they're like, oh, he's a, he's an overnight success, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, or he only made it because of this. Or he only made it because of that. Everyone likes to. Everyone likes to say the one reason. You, really, that's the only reason. This person. The one made reason because yeah, of this. It wasn't the, 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 the seventy-five thousand shows that I've yeah. seen him do in the past. Like Tiffany Haddish. Oh, she's not a funny. I'm like I, I watched her since she was like fifteen. Like every night, grind it out. Yeah. You know, and people. Oh, he only. She only. I'm like, come on. Yeah, they uh, they like they like well they want to compare they don't want to compare themselves to somebody else who's successful. Yeah, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do the work. Like the yeah. work, the work is brutal. No, that's exactly right. It's, it's a I, every relationship I've had, I've broken up with, or she broken up with me because like uh, I'm second to your comedy. Every uh, single, mm-hmm. every well, single one. Tough yeah. Off. Yeah, I'm that's like, well, comedy was here first. Well, it's <laughs> kind yeah. of your livelihood too. Well, it's just like, yeah. Actually, I was thinking about giving it up one time. I was like, you know what? A couple times. One when I went, I went to England to do a show and then I and then the guy who booked me didn't clear it with them and I got thrown I got detained and sent home oh. and never and like didn't get paid uh, oh like God. that was one that was one of many times where I'm just like what am I doing you know yeah, um, yeah. but uh, recently I was just like it was like 10 things in a row happened I told my wife I'm done I'm, I'm going back to college I'm gonna become a gym teacher and like a wrestling coach and <laughs> and she's like no you're not She's like, I didn't. She's and she's the one always mad at me for taking gigs. And she's like, I didn't marry. She's like, you're too funny. Everyone else sucks, and, and you're funnier <laughs> than these other people. Well, that's that's and you're nice. not going to be happy if you quit. And like, yeah. I'll, my wife's like, that was awesome because she had, she had an out. I, 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 I like gave her she an out. She had an out. I like gave her the out. I like it. And she, like she wouldn't let me quit. So, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Hunter tonight, two shows tomorrow night, two shows and a show on Sunday as well. Rick Bronson's House Comedy. Always great to see you, my friend. Thank you, man. Thank Thanks you. So